lovely notes from Giuseppe Verde mean it's time for another edition of Syria Sit Down, World Football's Index podcast designed by fans for fans of Calcio at the highest level. Frank Cravello was so distraught from the Rossoneri beatdown by Lazio today that he couldn't pull it together for the show, so I'm your host, Richard Carman. And a special welcome to all those listening on Stitcher Radio and All In Sports Talk. I'm not going to do this alone. Because, frankly, you guys will get bored of me. So, I have a guest panelist on board. He's a reporter for Touchline 365 and Italian Football Daily. He's also a contributor to Football Italia, AS Roma English, The Gentleman Ultra, and These Footy Times. Serie sit down says, Benvenuto to Gregory Caltabanes. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you, Rich? I'm doing very well, man. It's uh, it's Sunday night. Had some uh, calcios back after the international break. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see you back. How about you? Same, and I, every year that Serie A comes back, the international break yeah, always pause, <laughs> hits, hits us and stops stops us for about two good weeks, right when the season begins. But, uh, you know, happy to see it back. Happy to see it come back. We had a great weekend, and, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it right now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and uh, to be fair, Frank is actually still feeling the effects of the bout with bronchitis. Milan Lab, you know, they try to get him well, but, you know, he failed the last-minute <laughs> fitness test. <laughs> So, Frank, if you're listening, take a rest tonight, Amico, and come back next week stronger. Well, like as I said, with the international break out of the way, it's time to get back to business at hand, which is match week three of Serie A. But before we get into that, we want to have a little question and answer session with our guest panelists on a team that you guys may have heard of before, Juventus. (laughs) All right, man, you ready for these questions? Absolutely. Fire them. Fire away. (laughs) All right. All right, my first question is, um, it's on Paulo Dybala. Yeah. Uh, this is about more about last season before he got this number 10. Um, obviously, he's, yeah. he's, he got off to a fantastic start of the season so far, especially on the road. Absolutely. So my question is about the road. Why do you feel he underperformed on the road last season? Because, I mean, he almost, I think 18 of his 20 goals were at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he, was one of, he was probably a Ballon d'Or candidate. That's how good he was at home at the J Stadium. But on the road, it just seemed to never click. So something as a Juventini fan, what did you see? You raise a very good point in that respect. When it comes to a player like uh, Paulo Dybala, and this really goes back to his days in Palermo, he really is the type of guy that thrives on confidence and really thrives with the ball at his feet. As you probably know, he loves to go between the lines, link up play. Yep. Uh, when when it came to Juve last year, and we would when we would go away from home, he would struggle to impose himself on games. As you know, teams in Italy when they would play us, especially the smaller sides, would typically bunker themselves in so we would have less space. Right. And then every time we'd return back home to the Juventus Stadium, or now I, sh- I mean, I guess I should say the Allianz Stadium. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's a, but, uh, Yeah, he would have more time and space on the ball. Now, especially, as you mentioned, he has, has uh, endured a very hot start to the season al- along with his new number 10. That definitely played a part in his... Uh, run a form both home and away uh, but at the same time I think it's just a matter of Dybala gaining more confidence uh, while at home until he was at that level to do it away from home uh, this year I think I truly think it's going to be his season he already has seven goals in all competitions yeah uh, he's firing on all cylinders and with Barcelona rolling into town on Tuesday you are going to need him and thankfully that game's at home so as you say hopefully he could continue that good home form well, we'll get to that Champions League matchup in a little bit here. Um, yeah. I want to, you know, I, I've been one of the critics of Juventus's transfer Mercato, um, and several people are also. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and the only reason is because yes, they haven't been as as flashy as say a Milan or a PSG. Um, yeah. But they have had a decent decent mercato. Um, I would say they got a lot of depth players. They didn't, they didn't get anyone who wowed you necessarily. But yeah. um, most of the team they got, most of the players they got were for for depth. Um, yep. Would you agree? I'm definitely with you there on not being satisfied with the mercato because as a Juventino, every other year uh, when the mercato season comes and goes, we typically have one major need. This year, in my opinion, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, it was uh, the center midfield. And right back, especially with the departure of Dani Alves. Despite getting Blaise Matuidi, despite getting Benedict this, who I believe the German will do fantastic for us, uh, I think Juve's roster is still incomplete, which is a bit frustrating because, as I said, it, this typically occurs every other year under Giuseppe Marotta. Despite his great moves and tr- over the years, trust me, I do, I do believe he's made many of them. He's He's always missing that extra step to catapult us into call it Champions League contention. Obviously, we've been to the last two finals, uh, two of three finals. Uh, but at the same time, every time we reach those finals, as we saw, we've been outclassed by Barcelona and Real Madrid. This season, in my opinion, nothing will really change in that respect because he didn't add that midfielder. Uh, that being said, I really think Matuidi, uh, I, I'm not his biggest fan, but I think he'll do well. He looks like he'll fit in nicely alongside Pjanic. Like I said, I'm a fan of Huedes. Bernardeschi looks debuted on the weekend this uh, today against Kevo, uh, yesterday against Kevo rather looked solid. Douglas Costa again, like Matuidi, not his biggest fan because he's rather inconsistent. But if he solves that, very good player. But overall, as you say, uh, not satisfied. All right. Well, you know, you touched on a couple names that I kind of want to break into. Um, Daniel Rigani, you know, he looked to be in a spot to break out. You know, with 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 Bonucci mm-hmm. leaving, departing, um, it looked like it was time his time to shine. And yeah. then Juventus went and got Benedict Hovidas, uh As a, I, I'm actually someone who follows Schalke, so I know him very yeah. well. Um, with his arrival, uh, was this cause for concern? For, you know, with Rigani's growth, do you think it's going to get stunted because of it? Uh, what is what is your opinion on that? I mean, at first I had my doubts that Rugani would lose a bunch of playing time because of Huedes. And after seeing Huedes play over the years and after hearing what fans had to say about him, after seeing him with Germany, I always thought, okay, this is a very good defender that will uh, give some serious competition to Rugani. But at the same time, I think that as soon as Juve made the decision to sell Bonucci to Milan, they had Rugani in mind uh, to really give him the spotlight either alongside Chiellini, but as we all know, Chiellini has a lot of uh, injury problems, yeah. or uh, Barzali, but again, Barzali's on that uh, wrong side of 30, he's getting older, he's getting very close to 40, so with all that being said, I think even with who it is, even with Benatia at the club, Rugani will get more than enough playing time uh, to progress to the next level in his career. As we saw in the first uh, three games of the season in the league, he has looked very good, Obviously a bit shaky here and there, as we saw like, against Cagliari. Um, but it, it comes with the growing pain of a young defender in Italy. And I really think he's going to go from strength to strength. He had a very good game against Chievo. Uh, but as we say, I won't, it's, at a club like Juve, you really are going to face some stiff competition from some top players. So a bit of competition is good for him. And, you know, I've been trying to tell Juventini fans that um, don't look at this Hovidis, Benedek Hovidis uh, signing as someone trying to take Rugani's spot. He's actually very uh, versatile. He can play the right back position. He can play left back. Mm-hmm. He can play anywhere in the back four. So really, you know, he could be ultimately a, a right back person, be there with Benatia um, 
and Rugani, you know, once Chiellini uh, and Barzaglia go. Um, so exactly. he he has adds that depth that you'll need. And it, like you said, if someone gets injured like Chiellini, who's prone to it, or Barzaglia because he's getting older, he's a good he's a good person to fit in there, and you can keep the keep the stuff going. I I think you hit the nail on the head right there because who it is when he came in. Uh, I think in his first press conference, he had said, I could play right back, I could play center back, and I could play left back. And yep. w- with Licksteiner, who's off the Champions League list, I really think that Huedes is that long-term option at right back in Europe, at least. Right. In Italy, they're fine with Decilio and Licksteiner, you know. Not too many elite wingers in that sense, other than maybe Perisic, Papu Gomez, and a few others that I might be missing. But And by when I say elite wingers, I mean on the left, that play against our right. Uh, however, uh, Huedes, I, st- uh, I definitely see him starting out right back in the Champions League. So Rugani will get his fair share. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, two other guys you you, you brought up before: um, Douglas Costa and and Federico Bernadeschi. Um, yeah, Bernadeschi had a lovely assist today to Dybala on his goal. Um, I don't know how much uh, knowledge you have of Douglas Costa. I've you know I followed him when he was at both Shakhtar and then also yeah. at Bayern. And he and he has his moments where he's he looks brilliant, but he's yeah. very inconsistent, like you said. Um, what do you what do you see from these two players that you think can help contribute to the team? And where do you see these? Do you think these players can reach the potential that both of them have? In my opinion, I'll start with Douglas Costa. This is a player that. I uh, really fell in love with in when he was playing with Shakhtar when I uh, would see him in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. But then when he got his move to Bayern Munich, uh, he was really plagued with some inconsistency problems. He was always he was a bit predictable on the ball. Or like he, my main issue with him is that most of the time that he's on the ball, he makes the wrong decision. His best season came under Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich, where he actually looked fantastic. Yeah. At that same time, you have to consider that Pep Guardiola played a system that made him look really good. Then when Ancelotti came in after him, he struggled. Uh, So if he's to do well at Juve, we really need to fit him in in a spot that is cohesive with his talent, his abilities, his style of play. So it's not going to be easy to find a a spot for him to really thrive. Obviously, common logic would suggest that he's going to overtake Cuadrado on the right when push comes to shove, with Mandzukic remaining on the left and Dybala playing through the middle. But then again, that leaves Federico Bernardeschi, a guy you just mentioned on the bench. He came on today, uh, as you said, gave a nice assist to Dybala, looked good, linked up, played well. So I would really hope to see this player get more playing time as the season goes. And if I had to pick between Douglas Costa and Federico Bernardeschi when it comes to the long term, I really think the Italian is the one that's going to do better for Juve. But uh, again, it really seems that Allegri intends on using Bernardeschi centrally as a number 10, where he thrived at Fiorentina more more than on the wing. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I think both of these players, as good as they are and as unpredictable as they are on the ball, which helps our attack, um, they, they really need a kick on in terms of consistency and adapting to Juve's style of play more than anything, because for once, the team won't really be playing for them. Yeah, no, you make a great point, and you know they have the benefit where they can bring them on slowly because they're not going to be the starters right now because there's clearly a, a core there that yep. have been you know who were so fantastic last year. So you know they can bring them on slowly. Um, I agree with you, Bernadeschi is going to be the long term solution because uh, he it looks like he has just so much talent in the kid, and uh, if he can just be consistent, more consistent, um, you know he'll he'll be that number ten that they're looking for. Well, other than Dybala, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. All right. Well, uh, what, tell me your thoughts on Blaise Matuidi. Um, and is it, do you think, more of when than if, if he'll replace Kadira in Allegri's lineup? 
the thing is uh, with Sami Khedira, like Chiellini, he's prone to injuries. But more than anything this season, even when he wasn't injured and he was fully fit, he did not look too great. It looked like his legs were heavier than in the past seasons. He was still making the same runs, like he always does late his typical late runs into the box to find uh, to find some scoring opportunities. But when it came to the defensive side of things, he was clearly getting overrun, and this was against well Kaleri and the other guys. So he he has already struggled this season, in my opinion. Blaise Matuidi compliments Pjanic well. While he isn't the guy I really wanted in the midfield, I was looking more for uh, an Nzonzi type. Uh, he's going to do good. A lot of fans, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I gave him stick, myself included. Uh, I still think he's not the guy we needed. But uh, I think it's just a matter of time before Matuidi comes in there alongside Pjanic because, as we said, Kadir is getting there to a point where he... I'm not saying he's finished, but... I think he's just going to be overtaken by Matuidi and eased out of the lineup very slowly. Uh, and then on the other hand, you have Claudio Marchisio, who went fully fit. I think he's one of our better options, even over Matuidi. But it's looking like uh, he's going to that Allegri is going to opt for the Frenchman's uh, defensive stature. Uh, at the same time, I could easily see Allegri go to midfield three come mid-season. He always likes to tinker with his lineup uh, when it comes to the latter stages of the Champions League. So we could see Pjanic, Matuidi. And one of Kadir and Marquisio. But if it's just two, I really don't see Kadir getting into the lineup come long term. And it's funny because I thought Kadir actually played fantastic last season. He was one of the better, more consistent players. But then this year, like you said, he started so slow. And you're like, what's going on here? It's got to be an injury. or I mean, it doesn't make sense. And he obviously didn't put on any weight. He he looks about the same same size. So I I can't explain it. No, No doubt there. Last season, he was definitely a key contributor. He, alongside Pjanic in our 4-2-3-1, he really held it down. But as we saw in the Champions League final, there was clearly a gap between him, uh, Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro, easily the best midfield in the world. Yeah. So not, not much to take away from him in that respect. But again, you'd want more from the German. And uh, if he's not ready to give it to you this season, as and honestly, it's still early days, uh, Matuidi's right there in the waiting in the wings. I was, you know, I was surprised by the Matuidi signing, but I actually like Matuidi. I've followed him for a long time, and I, and I think, and on his day, he is a very good d- defensive midfielder. But um, like I said, he needs to work more on his consistency if he wants to crack that lineup. Um, yeah, yeah, more ahead. than anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Um. So you know, you were talking a little bit about you know Champions League and how you know Kadira, or basically Juventus got run down by that uh, Real Madrid midfield. Um. Do you think you know? losing you know two finals in the last three years you know especially the last season um is gonna have any kind of hangover effect for these guys uh going into this champions league season more than anything i think over the last uh three four years juve have become <laughs> sort of obsessed with this champions league they haven't won it since 1996 yeah uh so it's been a while that you have really wanted and not for the lack of chances more than anything, it stems from a mentality. Because, look, you have enough pieces to really do damage in the Champions League, as we saw. It's just jumping that final hurdle, which they've really struggled with over the years. Um, this year, more than anything that will hold them back, it is that midfield and it is that right back. Like I mentioned, we're still missing those key pieces. Unless they go out in January, which I highly doubt, because no one is available and players that are available that you want tend to be too, uh, too expensive. Uh, so I really don't see any major additions to this roster come January. And without those major additions, I don't see us winning the Champions League this year. I don't see us really hitting those semifinals. So you may say hangover from last year's 
uh, loss. I'll, I, I'm going to go with the fact that they're just not good enough to win it this year. Okay. Well, on that note, you know, with the Champions League, what, what are your reasonable expectations with them? And do you have con- do you have any concern that the window for winning has already closed? Uh, look, the team that you've put together some years back, the had uh, as a core uh, the BBC yes. plus Buffon. Uh, then we had the midfield that is that was Vidal, Pogba, Pirlo, Marquisio, and then the only thing that was really missing was the attack. Uh, it's I don't know if the window is closed for the simple fact that look Buffon is still there for this last year. Uh, even even though I, like I said I don't think they're going to win it this year. Then when you look at the defense, they're slowly revolutionizing in that respect. Uh, they have chipped out Bonucci for different reasons, but they took it as an opportunity to rejuvenize, keep Alexander on the left. He's a uh, superb left back one of the best left backs in the world behind Marcelo as I said question marks remain on the right side uh, through the middle Juve with or without Bonucci are largely fine uh, the, like I said the midfield is another concern but at least they got better in the attack with world class talents like Douglas Costa like Bernadeschi like Dybala like Higuain like Mandzukic last year in the Champions League final when Juve needed a goal who did they bring on other than Cuadrado they looked at Mario Lamina off the bench that definitely exactly. hurt that definitely hurts. Um, he even got burned on the final goal by Marcelo when he was fresh. So, all in all, I think that Juve have more depth in attack to do damage. But, again, the key pieces will be missing. So, I would really hope to see the side reach at least the quarterfinals. Uh, if we're lucky with the draw, you know, there's, there's a lot could still happen in this Champions League. We don't know who's playing who after the groups. Uh, maybe the semis. But uh, it would take a lot of luck <laughs> to hit the semifinals with this current roster in its uh, final form. All right, very good. Um, you know, and as you know, as a spokesperson for Syria Sit Down, both Frank and I believe Alexandra is actually the best left back in, in the world. Wow. Um, no, and I thought we thought the fact that you guys kept him this season was was a great thing because he is that good of a player for you guys. Um, with him and Manzukic, they they link up so well together. They cover for each other. Uh, it's it's really a good a good player to have, and he's I think he's excellent. No, no doubt there. Definitely one of my favorite players on the current Juve. So happy we didn't sell him to Chelsea. <laughs> <for a pound. laughs> well, you know that'll wrap up the question and answer session. Uh, from now, we're gonna go over to match match recaps of match week three. All right. Well, we're going to stick with this Juventus theme here. Uh, Juventus played Chievo. That was uh, the first game on Saturday. The reigning champs were looking to shake off their defensive struggles from last match week. Um, and what better way to do that than with goals, right? Scoring started the 17th minute when Miralem Pjanic off a free kick crossing a splendid ball. So splendid, in fact, that Perperem Hatamai decided to score a lovely header off of it. There's one problem, though. He plays for Kievo, doesn't he? <laughs> he definitely does. Happy, <laughs> good for us. <laughs> and okay, look, Juventus are good enough. They don't need any help from Kievo in scoring. Well, Pjanic was in the mix once again, this time in the 58th minute, with a beautiful slip pass to Gonzalo Higuain. Pepito finished it off with an authority to double the Bianconeri lead. Moving on to the 83rd minute, you can't have a party without a Dybala mask. 
Bernardeschi, palla dentro verso Dybala, occhio alla coscia, ancora Dybala, Dybala, sinistro! 3 a 0 Juve, altro gioiello assoluto di Paolo Dybala che chiude il match! Paolo Dybala with the goal of a nice pass from Federico Bernardeschi which we mentioned earlier. Juventus went on to win 3-0 behind a shutout from Gian... Wait, wait, Wojciech Chesney? Yep, Chesney got the start and got the shutout. Chesney's net, huh? I guess they're giving Buffon a rest after the international break? Yep, yep. It's really looking like they really want Chesney to start next season when Buffon isn't there. Uh, honestly, I like the move that they're not giving the reins directly to any talent post-Buffon because the pressure would be too great. Like, he, say, uh, an Alex Meret from Udinese, who's now on loan at Spal. Yes. As, as much as I would love to see a super talent like that come in right after Buffon, it's probably not wise and you need a stopgap option. And look, they're giving it to Chesney. He's going to get some playing time over the season. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do really well. You know, I was, you know, when I, when, he, when they when they first signed him, I was like, what are they doing? First for Chesney, well, Chesney is great for him because he's getting paid big bucks to be a backup for now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I didn't think. I never thought he was a quality. That quality of a goalkeeper. But I mean, if you have a good defense in front of you, they can make any. But I mean, look at uh, what was it Neto last year? He looked fantastic. Would he give up two goals last year? I think. Yeah, I mean, and Neto. Every time he'd come on, though, I'd be shaky a bit. I, I wouldn't trust him, especially with his <laughs> aerial <laughs> aerial prowess. I really wouldn't trust him. I'm happy with Chesney. You could argue that he was the second or the third best goalie in the league last year. Uh, he has. I still have my doubts about his abilities because, as we all know, I've seen him at Arsenal. I've seen him struggle immensely over the years. But it looks like he has really put that part of his career behind him. And as we see with many goalies, they get better with age. And I really hope it applies to the poll. Yeah, and he seems to be loving life in Italy. So, uh, well, good for you guys on on, on signing him because that's. Uh, I mean, he's a he is a decent backup. I mean, yep. it's, it's better than having Aneto or. Or a Gabrielle or someone like that, you know? So doubt, no doubt. The second matchup on Saturday was a matchup I was actually looking forward to, which is Sampdoria versus Roma. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that match is postponed due to heavy rains and will be rescheduled at a later date. Um, I don't know about you, but I was I was looking forward to see what this new Sampdoria team was going to do against Roma and their new new manager. Um, it looked like it would be an exciting affair, but I think we're going to have to wait a little bit later to see that kind of battle. Um, I, I- I actually uh, earmarked this game because I was so interested in seeing, like you said, the Sampdoria side is truly exciting this year. Uh, they have a number of young talents, especially in the midfield. Mm-hmm. That, that really caught my eye. Uh, Carol Linetti is very good. Then they have uh, Dennis Pratt, who last year wasn't his best year, but you know what? He needed a year to acclimate himself to his new surroundings. But more than anything, I was really excited to see Patrick Schick return to Sampdoria to play them after this whole saga we saw all summer. Yes. I think it would have, it would have been a game full of many of goals, actually, but it was a real shame due to the heavy rains. Hopefully, we don't wait too long uh, to see this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, I guess, like you said, I think that's going to be... It would have been a high-scoring game. It would have been fun to see Patrick Schick, you know, back at Sampdoria. Oh, well, we're going to have to wait a uh, little bit later on the season for that. No doubt. Moving on to Sunday, the opener for Sunday was Inter versus Spal. Inter were awarded a penalty in the 27th minute. And who else would step up to take it? Parte Icardi! 1-0 Inter! It's sempre lui! It's sono 5! Maurito Icardi! Captain Mauro Icardi scores from the spot kick and Inter were in cruise control. The score would remain closed until the 87th minute. And then another contender for goal of the year occurred. Va giù. Tutto regolare. Pallone nel mezzo. 
Perisici pensa al volo, che gol, che gol, che gol, che gol Ivan Perisic, straordinario. Oh my goodness, what a volley from Ivan Perisic. That is all Inter would need and they would win 2 nothing. Did you see that goal from Perisic? I did, what an absolute banger. Perisic has had a fantastic start to the season under Spalletti, as has Mauro Icardi. I believe they've either scored a goal or an assist or gotten registered an assist in all their three games this year. I've been quietly impressed by the work Spalletti has done. A lot was made about uh, their cross-line rivals, Milan's Mercato, but Inter quietly plugged up some gaps and... Uh, and added, once they added Spalletti, man, they really took that next step. Uh, it's been a while they've had a reliable manager but, uh, at the helm for them. Uh, Stefano Pioli, a bit of a mid-table manager, in my opinion. Uh, so, they're looking good as a Juventino. I hate to say that, but with Icardi and Perisic, uh, the sky's the limit for this team, especially in the final third. Yeah, I mean, and, and to have a strong Serie A, at least... You know, on a European stage, you need both Milan squads to be to be strong. And even yeah. me as a Milanista, I think Inter needs to be strong, and they look pretty darn strong. Yeah. Um, Mario Cardi was always going to get his goals, but you know, you know, when Spalletti came on, both Frank and I said, you know, he's going to get more goals, he's going to get more opportunities because he's basically the same front three style that he played at Roma is playing with Inter, and you can arguably say they're just as good, if not better. With Perisic, you know, um, Mario Icardi and, and Candreva, or whoever yeah. you want to put in his place. Um, and we actually both tipped him for the Cup of Canieri this year because, and he's already showing that he's already got what, five, six goals already? Yeah, he, he's far count. cylinders. Yeah. Well, you know, our Icardi and uh, Inter are keeping up with Juventus so far. Uh, let's see how, you know, Milan, Milan will get the first challenge, you know, with their new. 200 million dollar or 200 million euro assembled squad yeah uh, it was easily the match of the weekend heading in um you know as lazio gonna host milan uh this match was delayed by an hour also due to torrential rains luckily the game did play out in the, in the italian capital it's a miracle they were even able to play this match you know considering how you know the Sampdoria match had to be called off um but this game would you know like we said was a true test for both clubs milan looking to display their 11 new signings and intent on title race Lazio, on the other hand, trying to show everyone that last year was no fluke. We expected a close match, but <laughs> what we got was a whooping. Uh, would you agree, Gregory, that was a little bit of a, a, a beatdown? Well, I gotta say, man, I was not expecting this, but Simone and Zaghi, despite not adding too many key pieces, despite not getting the go-ahead from Lotito to sign the players he wanted, he keeps impressing me, man. He's not, he's not the flashiest of managers, but Lazio, every other week, go from strength to strength. They get better with every passing game. Yeah. They beat us in the Super Cup just a few weeks ago. So I, I definitely understand the strength of this Lazio team. And then you have Chiro Immobile. Man, he's performing well for this side. Yeah, yeah. Inzaghi was easily one of the coaches of the year, one of the managers of the year last season. I mean, the team, what they did last season was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and Immobile is already on fire this season. I mean, geez. Let's let's get into what he did today. Um, you know, this game was a little boring in the beginning, which is fine. You expect it from two teams or who, who are quality opponents. But Lazio fans thought, you know, early on, I don't know if you thought this, but you know, they had two opportunities where fans were claiming for penalties. I didn't necessarily think they were penalties; they were a little soft. But third time was a charm, as Frank Kessie stupidly fouled Luis Alberto in the mm-hmm. box. Who else is going to step up and take it? But Cherry Mobley, and he scores from the spot to give Lazio the early 1-0 lead. 
Milan didn't have time to figure out what happened with just four minutes later. Sened Lulic lifts a cross from the right and it's that man again. Parte cross di Lulic, immobile! Chiri Immobile with his brace. Both Leonardo Bonucci and Davide Calabria left ball watching as Immobile was left open. Now, we talked about how amazing the goal was by Perisic. Did you check this goal out? I did, I did. I, I But you did mention that Calabria and Bonucci were ball watching. I, yes. I don't think he wouldn't have had that much space had they done their jobs properly, especially Calabria, but Bonucci was right there as well. But uh, the the volley, the clean hit on that was truly fantastic by you. Which one did you think was better, Immobile or Perisic? I'm going to put oh, you on the def- spot. Definitely Perisic's, man. That, that, yeah. that, that might go down as the goal, one of the goals of the season this early. I'm confident in saying that. It's not quite as good as what Belotti did uh, the other week, you know, with that crazy yeah. bicycle kick from the volley. I mean, perfect. But this was close. I mean, I watched, I watched that Perisic play 10 times in a row, and every time I'm sitting there like, wow. We're so spoiled this year, aren't we, with fantastic goals? Oh, I know. I hope it just stays like this every week. It's going to be hard to top the Belotti one, but uh, the guy's going to keep trying. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Set the tone, no doubt, in Gallo. That's right. So that's how it would be going to halftime, 2 nothing. Coming out of the break, no changes by Vincenzo Mancello, Mancello, Montella, um, <laughs> which I thought was a little odd. And unfortunately for Milan fans, Lazio would make them pay dearly. Three minutes into the second half, Lazio carved up that Milan defense again in the 48th minute, and once more. Lulic, finta su Calabria che rimane a terra, ancora Lulic verso Parolo, spalla la porta, immobile c'è il 3 0. Non lo ferma più nessuno, ancora lui. Tripletta per immobile, Milan tappeto. Immobile would get his hat trick, tripletta, in a 10 minute span. Scored first goal in the 38th minute, his, tenth, his third goal in the 48th minute. Um, yeah, he is on fire. Or as they say in Spanish, en fuego. <laughs> For me, more than anything what this game uh, uh, showed was that Montella got it. In my opinion, Montella got it really wrong. Oh, Yeah. I mean, as, as for, I've, you know, as, Milan, as a Milan fan, I've said many games where he's got it spot on right. This is one of the worst efforts he's had. I mean, when I saw him come with no changes, I'm like, really? You were down 2 nothing, And I mean, first of all, Montalivo should never have been starting. And Barini should be starting either. Absolutely not. But I was really um, – after this summer you guys have had, especially with the $200 million spent, I really thought that Montella – uh, was going to do much better with his team selection. He has now he has got m- many more options than he has in the past. But this game raises many question marks about the former Fiorentina boss that I would love to see him correct moving forward. Because uh, this Milan t- side is definitely good enough to compete for those Champions League spots, and it would be a shame to see them miss out. Even though I don't think they would. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And then um, I don't know. Maybe he was. Uh, maybe they underestimated. He underestimated Lazio and was gearing up for the for the Europa League. But though the Europa League opponents much much hard, much <laughs> much weaker than Lazio was, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. No doubt there. Well, you know, game seemingly over, right? But Lazio, you know, they wanted to make sure. And just a minute later, after that Immobile hat trick, um, Immobile once again victimizing the Milan defense, sent the pass over to a wide open Luis Alberto would give Lazio a four nothing lead. No joke, four nothing. Wow. I, I thought this was supposed to be a new look defense for Milan. I didn't think it was supposed to be a worse one. 
Look, as a Juventino, I can't say I wasn't smiling a bit when the oh. notifications were coming on my phone. <laughs> now, did you see the play? I don't know if you saw this. Uh, there was after this four nothing. Um, they had a, uh, Lazio had a chance to make a five nothing. Immobile came flying down the pitch one on one with Benucci. Here's Benucci's chance. You know, at least at least shut him down for there. No, oh, no, oh no! Immobile danced right around. Not even danced. He gave him like a little shoulder fake and just. I mean, he made him look like an amateur. I'm sure that gave you a smile, huh? Uh, look, uh, <laughs> I'm even laughing as we speak now because uh, yesterday in the media, I remember Benatia saying Bonucci is a very good defender, uh, but he's definitely going to miss Licksteiner, Barzali, Chiellini, and Buffon alongside him and behind him, which, look, Benatia shouldn't be the guy making these claims because he himself isn't our most reliable guy there. <laughs> but he raises a good point. Without them alongside him, Bonucci is going to really have to change. He's playing alongside a new look defense, a defense was really, which has really come together this summer. Uh, so it's going to take some time getting some getting used to. But you know what? They have the right pieces. They have a fantastic goalie. And in Bilia, they have a very good defensive midfielder to shield them, Kessie as well. So I think it's only a matter of time before that Rossoneri really get it right at the back. Absolutely. And uh, as a consolation, Montalivo would score for Milan to make it 4-1. But it was an impressive performance by Lazio and an equally embarrassing one for Milan. Um, I kind of want to go on this little tirade right now on Milan just because <laughs> the whole team got it wrong. I mean, Kutroni wasn't wasn't a factor. You know, Montella brought in Chalahan, Chanahalu, whatever his name. You know, the Turkish guy. <laughs> I'm so pissed off I can't even say his name. Uh, they brought him on too late. And he came on. He's the instant impact when he came on. But... Why is he on the bench? I don't. I really like. I said I really don't get Montella's decisions here. Um, when it comes, when you have a guy starting that's like Fabio Borini, he's never really kicked on in his career. There was a reason that he was gonna he was gonna play in the Champions League for Sunderland. Quite frankly, he's not good enough. He's not good enough for Milan. And lo- long term, you really want Chalhanoglu to start there, yes. in le- or or Giacomo Bonaventura, who's a fantastic player, one of my favorite. Like, even though he's a Milan player, I can't help but admire Bonaventura's ability to play just about anywhere in the midfield or on the left. Uh, but again, to me, it really stems from a lack of cohesion at the back, lack of cohesion in the midfield. Montolivo really should not be starting for you guys. No. Uh, let's see. They Milan. It was their first true test. They, they fell. Miserably. Uh, I think it's about time that Cutrone, despite his true hot start, sees the bench and come, starts being used more as an impact sub. Despite his hot start, I don't think you you have to reward him with start a game, starting game time when you have a guy like Kalinic on the bench who, again, I'm not his biggest fan, but he really knows how to find the back of the net and is more experienced. You could put a guy like Andre Silva behind him as the number 10 who really yep. thrives playing off someone. Uh, so I think they really have to get it right in the final third. At the back, Calabria probably won't be starting for a while. Looked a bit suspect. Might need a loan move to really help his confidence. Uh, same with Ricardo Rodriguez, who's getting fished in uh, a bit too much for my liking, especially he was going a bit too central when the wingers were running rampant on his side. But again, matter of time, like I said, like I have repeated for that team to get it right at the back. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, everyone got it wrong. I actually penned an article about uh, a little scouting report on Calabria, and I said that you know he actually needs to go away alone, you know, to get it, get some game time because he's not going to get it with Conti now at the right back. Uh, but yeah. I mean, he got it wrong. Bonucci got it wrong. Um, I mean, the whole back four got it wrong. I mean, uh, the only one I can excuse is Donnarumma because he he was left out to dry every time. Yeah, and he, even when it wasn't even his best game. Bilia was terrible against his former team. I wanted, I was expecting to see him you know, shine against his former team to say, you know, sorry guys, you missed me. But nope, they look no, like they weren't missing at all. 
<laughs> I was expecting a lot more from Bile. Like I told you, like I said before, he's one of the, the pri- premier defensive midfielders in Italy, and I really thought he was going to help shield that back line. He looked suspect. He wasn't your best player, and uh, moving forward, I really think Milan are going to need him to be there because Montolivo is not to be trusted there. And Locatelli, as good as he is and as positive uh, early signs as he showed, he's still very young. Yeah, yeah. And like, like you said, you know, Kalinic did come on in the second half, a l- too little too late. And I also, I was ex- I was screaming for Andre Silva to come on too, but no. Anyway, well, we're going to move on because I'm just going to, I'm just going to start yelling expletives and I can't even say people's names right now because I'm so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally get you. Look, I was like that when they beat us in the Super Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Next game on the docket was actually a game that actually started at nine o'clock Eastern time. Um, it started on time, no rains uh, to slow it up. It was Atalanta versus Sassuolo. Sassuolo mm-hmm. took the early lead through a pass from Poli Lirola to Stefano Sensi. Andreas Cornelius came, would cancel out the goal with a lovely finish in the 35th minute. All seemed square until the 77th minute when best friends got involved. Papu Gomez crossed it in and... Cross dentro di Gomez, la palla passa e poi il gol dell'Atalanta con Petagna. Andrea Petagna gave Atalanta their first win of the season. Atalanta would win 2-1. to one. It's about time Atalanta got a win, huh? Um, they've been they've had two tough battles to start the season, uh, but they're playing yep. a, a Sassuolo team that's kind of rejuvenated this season, and it was a good win. No doubt. I, when I first saw Atlanta's uh, first game of the season against Roma, I thought they were hard done by to lose that game 1-0. Absolutely. They, they caused the Giallorossi all sorts of problems. They just couldn't find the back of the net. They hit a few posts, especially the last one late. Then the week after that, they got Napoli. Uh, Napoli, again, one of the hottest teams to start this new season. will definitely be up there for the Scudetto Challenge, but we'll, be, uh, we'll get to them in a minute. So it was good to see them conti- confirm their good form from last season, especially with the Europa League clash coming up in four days against Everton. Uh, so I'm very happy with this team. It really goes to show you that Gasperini's good work extends to far more than just a one-hit wonder. And they really have a system in place to do good this season. And Sassuolo are never an easy team to beat. They had to fight through this game. And uh, as a Juventino, I was happy to see Paul Lirola and Stefano Sensi combine to Juventus' own talents. Uh, so all in all, it, was, it looked like a good game. Um, and Patania getting the goal for Atalanta, a player who I'm not his biggest fan, but... You know what? He knows how to find the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, I think the best, he's kind of one of those players, you know, when they're in the limelight at a bigger club, like, say, Milan. Um, of course, he was younger back then. Maybe it's maybe it's too much pressure for him. You know, he's kind of like the Marco Borrello type, but when they go to a small provincial club, they can actually really shine because the pressure's off of them. You know, they can just there and focus on the football. Yeah. Um, and I think he, I think he'll be, he's a prime example of that. You know, I, he's actually coming to his own at Atalanta and the fact that Papo Gomez stayed there is, uh, as you know, his best friend there, it helps him out because he's, he's got that comfort blanket, if you will. Yeah. I, like you mentioned with the, the Borello type striker that is Petania, I think Petania is limited and won't really be able to kick on at a top club. Like you said, he was young at Milan, but he still doesn't, certain qualities of his games still aren't there for him to really kick on at a big club. Uh, never say never because many strikers in Italy, like goalkeepers, get better with age. Uh, but I think he's he's found his level and he'll do quite fine. He'll carve out a quite a decent career for himself. Well, the uh, maybe the second most uh, wanted game that we wanted to watch was Cagliari versus Crotone. I'm just kidding. Nobody wanted to watch that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jao Pedro with a clever through pass finds 
João Pedro in verticale per Sau dentro l'aria Sau davanti a Cordas Sau e arriva il gol del Cagliari con Sau Marco Sau for the goal João Pedro and Marco Sau continue to do good for the Sardinians um, they gave Milan a lot of trouble with match week two and they've started the season actually very well they're showing that the Borrello loss wasn't that much of a big not that big of a one um, good three points for Cagliari uh, to win at home uh, did you did you catch this game at all I uh, did not catch this game, but more than anything, I remember how they played against Juve and Milan and thought, look, they're obviously not going to beat the bigger clubs in Italy this season, Kyrie. They're still missing quite a few players. Uh, but they did look good. They did cause both uh, the Giallo Ross, uh, the Rossoneri and the Bianconeri some issues when they played them. And like Atlanta, were a bit hard done by their hard schedule. Now coming up, they had just they just took care of business against a Crotone side that they frankly should have beaten. Next week they got Spal. The week after that it's Swallow. Then after that it's Kevo. So up until October first, this is a Cagliari where they play Napoli. This is a Cagliari side that could really find their groove, kick on, get out of the relegation spot, which I fully expect them to, and you know find their spot in and around the mid table. Yeah, and if Jao Pedro and Marco Sao they keep up this form, um, they're they're going to probably get maximum points out of that. Or, you know, definitely get to come away with some points. They won't be losing. Because uh, those, those two players have come to play this season, which is good for them. Because um, mm-hmm. I actually penned them as a team that I thought would be relegated. But if these two guys uh, keep playing the way they are, I'm going to have to change my, my pick real quick. <laughs> you know, for sure. For sure. They're, they're going to stay up, I think. <laughs> well, let's hope for Serie sake. Well, moving on to the next game is Udinese versus Genoa. Gianluca Lapadula got his first start for the Grifoni, but... It was Jakub Jankto. Palla in mezzo. Lui Tink. Destro. Traversa e poi il gol. Il gol dell'Udinese. Un flipper vincente in area di rigore. L'Udinese è in vantaggio al minuto 15. Scoring off a rebound from a shot from new man Bram Noitink. The central defender with a shot. Did you see his shot? It was a pretty good shot for, for a central defender. It came off the post. Uh, and then uh, found Yankto right there in front of the net, and he did well to, to finish it. I did. I did catch it. I uh, personally, there's not much to cheer about for this Udinese side this year. They did. They're, they're not quite as good as they were in year past. However, Jakub Janko, the Czech talent, is one of the better young players in the Serie A as we speak. He created the most chances last year for a player under 21 with mm-hmm. 39. So this is a player that really keep an eye on him. He's going to go on from strength to strength. He's already on a goal, well, from his goal today against Genoa, and an assist in his first three games. Looked great on international duty for the Czechs. So, more than anything, keep your eye on for this Czech guy. Uh, I was expecting more from Gianluca Lapadula in his first start for Genoa. You know, he came off the bench against Juve the week uh, prior to the international break. Looked like he would cause our defense some fits. Uh, I was disappointed not to see him find the back of the net against a mediocre Udinese side. But I think it's only a matter of time before Lapadula really kicks on there. Because as we saw when he was with Pescara, he really was just finding it back in there for fun. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm sure he was, you know, licking the shops when he heard that he was going to go, play, you know, go to Genoa and play with Giovanni Simeone. And then he gets there, and Giovanni Simeone just leaves for Fiorentina. So he's probably like, "Wait, what the heck is this?" Yeah. Um, and you know, I I can't feel hard pressed for Udinese because they gave up a lot of talent. I mean, Zapata's gone. Uh, now Tiro is gone. Uh, yep. They lost a lot of key players, but like you said, Young, they kept Yankto, uh, who was, you know, apparently, you know, I think he was in Milan or his, his agent was in Milan on the last day of the, of the Mercato. But, mm-hmm. you know, luckily for Udinese fans, he stayed there. Speaking yeah. of uh, players that left, 
Uh, we're going to his next match is Hellas Verona against Fiorentina. La Viola got into the win column and they got into it in a big way, scoring their first goal for La Viola. As forementioned. Arriva Benassi sul limite. Benassi con il destro e poi c'è il gol di Gio Simeone. Ha segnato Giovanni Simeone dopo appena un minuto e 44 secondi. Si sblocca il risultato a Verona. Passa in vantaggio la Fiorentina. Il primo gol in maglia viola per Giovanni Simeone. Giovanni Simeone getting his first goal for uh, la Viola. And he wasn't the only one getting his first goal. In corsa centrale, Cyril Terò calcia con il destro, va Terò e la palla in rete. Il raddoppio della Fiorentina al decimo minuto con Cyril Terò. Cyril Terò also got on the board off the, off the penalty kick. But not to be outdone after a goal by Davide Astori to make it 3-0. There was this. Va Veretù e la palla in rete, il 4-0. 4-0 della Fiorentina, punizione spettacolare di Veretù e del suo primo gol in Serie A, punizione spettacolare, mamma mia che parabola disegnata dal giocatore francese sotto la traversa, qui Nicolas davvero non poteva davvero farci nulla. Jordan Vertut with a sensational free kick and to add to misery, Gil Diaz made it a poker as Viola crush Hellas at home. 5-0. That was not a good way to uh, show off for your home fans for Hellas, huh? This was quite the beatdown from Fiorentina. And every after the summer they've had, no one was really expecting this from the Viola. Everyone thought that they were going to take a step back. But after a strong finish to the Mercato that saw them at Cyril uh, Tero in the, at the top, or that, and then before that when they got Marco Benassi, they kept Federico Chiesa. They added Vertut, who got on the board today, as you mentioned. They added Laurinia right back, which Tomovic had a bunch of issues, so they needed that right back. Uh, all in all, I've been impressed. They've played really well. It's not going to be their best year. It's going to be a year of transition for them still. But they have some key pieces, some truly interesting pieces, like Giovanni Simeone, like Giannis Hadji, that will really kick on for them this year. And with Marcos Portiello in goal, I think they made an improvement there. So all in all... Curious to see if they're able to contain this for, continue this form when they're not playing Hellas Verona. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they had some tough matches to start the season, but um, yeah. they obviously had to get some aggression off their chest in a big way with those five <laughs> goals. Hopefully they didn't waste all their goals on this one game. <laughs> that's, that's the hope, really. <laughs> well, you know, I think this team is like, you know, kind of like Milan where they have a bunch of new players and need time to gel. Um, yeah. I, 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 this team will definitely make uh, make it hard for lots of teams in the second half of the season once they're gelled together. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, they have the talent. They got players. I mean, I do I do like the Sania Benassi amongst the other guys that they have. So um, look out for Fiorentina. They're like, like I said, they're not going to be better than they were last year. But, you know, they'll, they'll probably be level. I think Pioli is the right guy for them because I think, like you said, he is a mid-table coach and um, he could probably do some good things with them if he stays there longer, if he gets the time. That's the key. Mm-hmm. If, he, if they don't give him the time, then you know you're gonna just be shopping managers here and there, just like a, like a Palermo last year or something. But yeah. um, hopefully he gets the time, and this uh, Fiorentina team gets a chance to evolve and become what they look like they could be on paper. No doubt, there. It's like you say, it's just a matter of gelling for them. Many key pieces and some very interesting ones. So as the season progresses, hopefully they come together in an impressive way and maybe push on for that Europa League spot. Absolutely. All right, next matchup is Benevento against Torino. This match had opportunities go both ways. 
all look to be a draw for both teams. And Benevento is actually getting their, you know, their first points of the season, it looked like, in Serie A. Uh, until the last minute of stoppage time when Adam Lajic slipped a pass through the defense and... Lajic. Largo Berenguer. Si muove Belotti. Il pallone ce lo ha Lajic. Dentro per Iago Falke. Iago! Benevento 0. Torino 1. Colpisce Iago Falke. Nel recupero. La zampata dello Spagnolo. Iago Falke stealing points away with a last second goal, giving Il Toro all three points. Oh, that's got to be a terrible way to lose, man. The last seconds of the game, you think you're going to get a draw. You played well, and then that happens. I think any of us who've played soccer have been there and felt the sting of this type of defeat. It hurts, especially for a club like Benevento, who, after coming up, everyone, myself included, has really pegged them. Uh, has really pegged them to go down straight through the trapdoor again. But you know what? I've been quietly impressed by the start of the season, not in the sense that they've got any points, yeah. but in the sense that they've been uh, more solid than expected. They had a very good addition in the midfield of Danilo Cataldi. The kids look good for them. It's just a matter of finding the back of the net that has been their issue, as we saw against Torino. So all in all, a truly heartbreaking loss to, to Il Toro, who, again, under Mihailovic, look good and look to be really... Uh, positive in the final third. Yes, uh, Belotti was kept off the off the score sheet, but I mean, Sidigo had to make some fantastic saves. You know, for yeah. for Benevento having zero points so far through three games, they've actually played fairly well offensively. They've created chances. They've just had goaltenders or goalies that had to just stop them uh, okay. doing amazing saves, like today, Sidigo. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit unlucky on there, and no doubt. Yeah, but hey, you know, good teams find ways to win. And uh, Torino, I'm not, I'm not saying they're gonna be their best team in Serie A, but they're they're a good team in Mihalovic, and they, you know, they have the potential to be very good, possibly even Europa League good. But uh, yeah. they found a way to win. Iago Falke and Adam Ljajic, so uh, good on them for getting the much needed three points. They're definitely an experienced team, Torino. Over the years, we've seen them. Uh, well, I remember when they still had Cercini Mobile when they were Serie A's darlings, those two together, and they still have some very interesting players in attack between Belotti, Iago Falke, Ljajic. Uh, boy, when he doesn't hog the ball, all in all, this Torino <laughs> side, and now they also added Niang. Uh, it's a good Torino side, but as you mentioned, not one of the better teams in Italy. Uh, Europa League would be very positive for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, as we said, you know, two of the big heavyweights kept winning. Uh, Juventus won and Inter won. The third one, Napoli, uh, they had a little bit of a fight today uh, with with Bologna. Bologna gave it to them, you know, for the first sixty so minutes. It was zero zero, and people were looking, uh oh, what's going on here? Ah, <laughs> uh, but then Napoli woke up in the sixty sixth minute. Insigne il cross per Cagliecon. Jose Maria Cagliecon e avanti le Napoli. È sempre insigne per Cagliecon. Sono 48 in Serie A team. Calejon had a goal to give Napoli the much-needed goal they were looking for. Go up one nothing. Game continued in one nothing, clo- a very close game until 83rd minute. Recupera Mertens che punta la porta. Mertens in area di rigore. Mertens sotto le gambe di Mirante. 2 a 0 Napoli. Tris Mertens pops up, gives Napoli a two nothing lead, doubling their lead. All look happy, and someone else wanted to join the party. Gulam, c'è Cagliecon, 
Cagliecon in rete di rigore, Cagliecon per Zielinski, gol e assist per Cagliecon, 3-0 Napoli. Pitor Zielinski gets the third goal for Napoli, Napoli cruised to a 3-0 lead. Uh, you know, Napoli did what everyone expected them to do, took a little, it was a little harder than they thought, I mean, they did have, you know, 65% of possession, they had 17 shots, um, but they did get it, come out with the victory. How impressed are you with Napoli so far this season? I have to say this Napoli side looked truly scary. Uh, I think they're going to push Juve all the way for the title this year. Despite Inter's hot start, I don't know if they have what it takes to contend with uh, Juve and the Partenope. Uh, even though they struggled, they struggled through this match, they didn't play their best football, they found a way to win, which is, as cliche as it sounds, the stuff of champions. Juve does this every other week when they're not playing well. They just find a way to win. Uh, Napoli did that today. Uh, more than anything, Sari's tactics, his offensive brilliance can continue to work. And Bologna couldn't really handle Napoli's uh, front, truly hot front three. And then more than anything for me was the performance of Zelinski, a player who, since coming into the midfield, has really kicked on for Napoli. And even with Hamshik approaching the wrong side of 30, you know, he's getting older. His forces are beginning to wane slightly. Just whispers, Napoli fans, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> it looks like they have a ready-made replacement in the young pole. He got on the score sheet today. Overall, dictated the tempo of this game. So, as a whole, uh, Napoli fans have a lot to be happy about. It might just be their year. Who knows? Yeah, you know, and I, last last season, I actually penned an article on uh, Peter Zielinski because I'm I'm just amazed at this, what this player has, the maturity he has. Both him and Diawara, I think, are going to be a fantastic pairing for Napoli for many years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, you know, I want to ask you, you know, when we had our preseason pod, uh, we had our predictions for the for the, the season this year. I actually predicted Napoli to win the Scudetto over Juventus. Uh, and then I had Milan third, Inter fourth, Roma fifth. What is your top four? Who do you see winning I, this year? I definitely have the same top four, uh, however, in different order. I okay. have Juve, Juve winning out. I still think that despite the many changes, Juve have the best roster in the league. Uh, but Napoli, like I said, they're probably going to push us right there. Final game, maybe a point will separate the duo. Uh, I could see it going either way, to be honest. It's not a cop-out. Like I really think Napoli have what it takes to win it. Uh, in the end, I think Napoli will finish second uh, with Inter closely behind in third. Uh, again, mm. they're not going to push all the way for the title, but they have one of the better rosters in the league. More so than Roma, in my opinion, who have failed to replace Salah. And that will cost them in the long run. And then, of course, uh, that leaves Milan in the fourth spot, who, I th- frankly, I think they've spent way too much money to miss out on top four. They have a very solid roster. It's a matter of Montella piecing it together. Uh, and it's then you look at a team like Roma. After the loss of Rudiger, their defense is still missing something. Kolarov has started the season off really well at left back, but I think that might come to bite them a bit because he is getting he's, – he's old. But, again, can't say nothing. He's been fantastic in their opening few games, even got a goal. Uh, so I think that's my top five. Yeah. Very good, very good. Interesting to hear. Uh, I mean, I, I, Juventus could easily win again this year. I mean, it's between them and Napoli, I think. You know, so it'll be interesting to see. And a little bit of tidbit on Napoli today. I saw an article uh, that West Ham want Maurizio Sarri as their next manager. Okay, no offense, West Ham <laughs> fans. That ain't gonna happen. All right, that's almost, that's gonna be a step down for him going Napoli to to West Ham. Sorry, I mean, I don't want to upset anybody, but Napoli are a bigger club than West Ham, and he, he'd only leave Napoli for a bigger club. 
Um, so I'm sorry. Did you hear this? Hear this that news? I, I read it and I quickly turned off my phone and absolutely laughed. All the way. <laughs> this is one of the stupidest rumors that I've heard in a long, long time. West Ham United for Maurizio Sa. How does that make any sense? If the season progresses like we all think it will in the Premier League, West Ham's going to be in the championship next season. So what's next? Is Carlo Ancelotti going to Watford? I, I, <laughs> I don't get it, man. I really don't. Who gets paid to write these rumors? It's not never going to happen. If it happens, I'll shave my head. I'll get a tattoo. You know, put me down for all the bets in the world. It's not happening. Yeah, I will own up. To, I will. I will. I will speak up if if that happens and apologize <laughs> profusely. But it ain't happening, folks. I'm sorry. There's no chance. Oh wow, <laughs> that one's not happening, man. All right, so uh, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, match week three? Anything that stuck out for you that in you know, on positive way or negative way? So to me, the major storylines of match week three that I would like to see going into match week four are the two Milanese clubs. Uh, will Milan bounce back? You know, there, uh, we have a guy like Leonardo Bonucci who he claims to be a leader and he has been a leader for this event this side. So I'd like to see him really own up to uh, the defeat from this past week. Turn it around for you guys. You guys are uh, at Udinese on Sunday. Uh, not the best team in Serie A, so it's a good it's a good team to really get your demons out and uh, correct your wrongs from the past week. And then when it comes to your cross-down rivals, Inter, I'd like I'd like to see if they could continue their good form. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they are hosting Crotone, so should be pretty straightforward on that end to see them uh, kick on. They have no Europa League football this year. So they're going to have plenty of time to get it right for one game a week, especially with Spalletti. Uh, so if they could continue these good forms, I think it will make for a really interesting interesting season. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Well, as you imagine, I'm curious to see how Milan bounces back after that horrid, horrid performance yep. uh, against Lazio. Yes, it was a better opponent. Then, you know, it, it was a very good opponent, but nonetheless, four to one. The defense looked terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm looking to see what they do. Can they improve? Can Montella get it right and keep Montalivo and Barini out? Um, I know Romagnoli is nowhere near being fit, but they got to do something with the back line. I don't care if Conti's uh, got one leg. He needs to play over Calabria as well. Um, the other, the other thing I'm looking for since I got, since I did miss out on Sampdoria in, in this mass, past match week, I'm looking forward to them against Torino next week. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, uh, still want to see the Torino, the Sampdoria side, cause they, they are a fantastic young team and I, and I'm looking to see what they're going to do, uh, against Torino, who is a team who can, is, this game's going to have goals as well, I think. I think uh, it's one of the more underrated, uh, fixtures of the next week, cause if you look at next week, no reason. No real heavyweights are facing off. You got Juve Sassuolo, Napoli, Benevento, Milan, Udine, Torino, Sampdoria. So this game should be an interesting one. Genoa play Lazio too on Sunday as the late 2:45 game Eastern time. So that's another one that I would like to see. Yes. Immobile is probably going to bag himself a brace, you know, based on current form. Uh, other than that, Roma host Verona again, pretty straightforward on that. And Fiorentina, Bologna, another game that look Bologna. Played a very good game against Napoli, so I could easily see them uh, take on this Fiorentina side and go head-to-head with them. But a lot to look forward to in the coming week. Absolutely. But before we get to match week four, we got a little bit of Champions League and Europa League to look forward to. Oof. And 
here with a Champions League and uh, Europa League recap. Uh, basically, I'm gonna we're gonna start with Champions League. I'm gonna go over the first three games, uh, and then you give me your predictions. Tell me what you think's gonna happen. Uh, Barcelona hosting Juventus, Roma hosting Atletico Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk hosting Napoli. How do you see each of those games going? So I think it's gonna be a mixed week for the Italian league and the Champions League. Uh, when it comes to Juve Barca, I think the best Juve could really hope for in this game is a draw. It's our first real test post uh, Bonucci. And I think the trio of Dembele, Suarez, and Messi is going to be a lot to handle for a side without Bonucci, especially for a side more than anything without Dani Alves, our right back. This is a game that I really think we're going to see who would this make his debut. And uh, look, I'm optimistic about the Germans' arrival. I really think he's going to do well, but I'm just worried to really see how he stacks up against uh, Barca. He when we when Juve played them last year and we did beat them, as you you may be aware of, three nil on aggregate. Uh, we shut him down well. Messi, other than one threaded through ball to Iniesta, really didn't do much at the Juventus Stadium. Or again, I guess I should say the Allianz Stadium. Man, it's weird for me. Uh, <laughs> but we're gonna see. We're gonna really see now. They don't have Neymar. That's ob- that's a very obvious saga that came to a close with a 222 million buyout clause uh, from PSG. So that's a positive for you, I guess. I would love to see one of Douglas Costa or Federico Bernardeschi get the nod, especially with Cuadrado out. Uh, with the red card from the final from last year. No Marquisio, no Kadira, so it's definitely going to be Matuidi and Pjanic. Overall, I think it's going to end in a draw. So yeah, when it comes to Roma-Atletico, I really think that the Spaniards are a bridge too far uh, for Eusebio Di Francesco's men. They're, the Jalaros are still a side that's looking to get it together, especially after the departure of Salah. I'm curious to see if Patrick Schick uh, gets the start for them and if they stick with the 4-3-3, despite not really having the wingers to do so. Uh, it is at the Stadio Olimpico, so at least they have that going for them. But at the end, I, I'm predicting uh, a narrow Atletico win. Uh, when it comes to Shakhtar, Donetsk, and Napoli, it's always tricky to go play the Romanians. Uh, the Romanians, rather the Ukrainians, rather. <laughs> uh, they've always they've always been quite the dark horse in the Champions League this year. I think they're they're not quite good enough as they were in years past, Shakhtar, but they still could hurt Napoli. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I think Maurizio Sarri's men have shown that they're one of the most informed clubs in Italy, and it will continue into the Champions League, in my opinion, and they'll win this game uh, rather easily. I'm going to go with a 2-0 win for the Partenope, and uh, that wraps up the Italians in the Champions League with a win, a loss, and a draw. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. I think I actually think Barcelona at home is a little, little too much. I mean, they have been playing very inconsistently, Barcelona have. Um, and, you know, I'm curious to see how Juventus are going to react without Bonucci and Danny Alves, really, uh, back there in the back four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see Barcelona winning by one goal, like maybe like a 2-1 or something like that. I do think Juve is going to score, probably Mario Mandzukic. He's a big game player. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it'll be, I think Messi, will be, Messi and company will be too much for them. Um, Roma, Atletico Madrid. I think you know this is this is a game, big game for Roma. If they don't win this, this could be you know it could be their Champions League because it's a very very tough group. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like they're gonna go all out for it. I. I'm, it's maybe it's me as a Serie A fan hoping they're gonna win, um, but I think at best they're gonna do is a draw. Honestly, no, I'm definitely hoping they're gonna win too, but I don't 
I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think a draw is probably going to best best results going to happen. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk and Napoli. I agree with you. I think Napoli is going to show their quality uh, and they're going to win two, three nothing, something like that. Um, even despite being on the road, Donetsk may get may get a goal, uh, but uh, they're not as good as they have been in the past. And I think Napoli have what it takes to uh, easily win. Definitely agree with you there. All right, so let's go to Europa League. Uh, we got Austria Vienna hosting Milan, Atalanta hosting Everton, and Vitesse from uh, the Netherlands are hosting Lazio. How do you see those games panning out? So Milan, good for them. They have an opportunity right away to bounce back against the lesser side in Austria Vienna. Uh, even though the Austrians have done well in this tournament in the past. I think Milan, uh, much like Atletico, were a bit too strong for Roma. I think Milan are too strong for uh, the Austrian outfit. I think Milan will uh, win this game. Uh, look for Montella to rotate the side heavily, get in some guys. Maybe Chalanoglu starts. He did look good off the bench. Hopefully, maybe he could continue that uh, going into the midweek here. When it comes to Atalanta-Everton, uh, it's going to be a close game, in my opinion, in one of the groups of death in the Europa League between them and Lyon. Uh, Everton this past weekend, they just came off a defeat to Tottenham the week before that they lost to Chelsea. But despite that, they did look good to start the season. They have added some key pieces, most notably Wayne Rooney. Uh, It might be a bit too much to handle for Atlanta, uh, but I think they're going to end up with a draw here. Hmm. In in regards to Vitesse versus Lazio, or I guess Chelsea's B team versus Lazio, (laughs) where Chelsea's prospects go to rot, basically, uh, I, I think the Italians are going to continue their good form from this past weekend and beat Vitesse. But at the same time, Vitesse has a number of young talents that could, that could really hurt uh, Inzaghi's men. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's going to be a very solid week for the Italian clubs in the Europa League and probably pick up two wins and a draw. Ah, very good. Let's see. Uh, Austria, Vienna and Milan, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a chance for redemption at Mil- for Milan, especially against a lesser opponent. Um, it's not going to be as 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 a easy of a win as it has against Krajovia with the six nothing. It's not going to be like that. Uh, I'm looking at a maybe one nothing, two yeah. two nothing game. Um, Atalanta Everton. Um, I want to say I mean Atalanta hasn't played very well this season. Um, but I'm not sure the English teams they seem to do well in these tournaments. Um, I'm curious how Everton's going to do with all these players. I mean. I can see a draw. I can see a draw with this matchup. Um, Atalanta do have the talent to to score, but can they can they keep Everton out? That's the question. Um, they don't have Lukaku anymore. They do have Wayne Rooney. Um, but I'll go with you. I'll go with the draw there. And then as far as the uh, Vitesse and Lazio, um, I think Lazio and Immobile are, are just too good for the for Chelsea's B team. <laughs> and uh, I think they're going to be. I, I agree with you. It's going to be two wins and a draw for uh, for the Italian teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think a good week for the Italians in Europe. Um, all right, well, you know, that'll put a bow on this edition of Syria Sit Down. Uh, time for a Twitter check, Greg. Where can yeah. where can people find you at? So on Twitter, I'm at G Caltabanis, and that is G C, and then the rest basically writes itself. Uh, other than that. I am working on a piece on Udinese's young superstar, Jakob Bianco. Maybe that's why you heard me so passionate when I was talking about him when he scored today. Uh, going to write a piece for breaking the lines along with a player comp on him. Nice. Other than that, if ever you guys are in the mood for a podcast on the footy world as a whole 
or the you know different different uh, like something like current affairs. We are also on Aurora Borealis Media Network on iTunes and on SoundCloud. If anyone still uses SoundCloud, really, we still uh, use SoundCloud. But, yeah, and other than that, that's pretty much what I've been what I'm going to be working on for the next few weeks. Very good. Well, let us know when that article comes out because uh, anytime we can promote the Syria talent, you know, we we more than welcome to do it. So, uh, very good. Um, I actually have a uh, my next edition of the Young Stars of Italian Football coming out. It's actually on one of your boys, Juventus's Rolando Mandragora. Um, he's actually on loan right now. You know, as well as you can look out for my part three on my Milan Youth Academy for SB Nation. Um, as always, you can find me at r underscore Carmen, and you can go to Siri at Syria Sit Down for both Twitter and Instagram with your comments. Uh, special thanks to our guest panelist Gregory Caltabanes. And uh, we we should we were more than happy to have you on again very soon, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been a real pleasure talking culture with you. No, no, thank you. The pleasure is all ours. Um, I'd also like to wish a, a Frank a very speedy recovery, get better, and hope you are back next week. Uh, and you know, so for the panel, thank you again for listening. We'd also like to give thanks to Lega Serie A for the highlights, and as always, be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao.